0: Welcome to 6-Pack. I'm your host, Erin Inselman. This is an uncut show that supports parents in the enjoyment of raising children and having the fire and spirit to do life, with a sight of sarcasm and humor, of course. I'm a mom of six, a wife, and a business owner in the health and fitness industry. Each week, myself and other experts will be sharing pointers and stories on parenting, self-growth, health and fitness, and relationships. Join me for this real and raw show dedicated to sharing tips, tribulations, and the triumphs of everyday life. Hello, and welcome back to the Six Pack Podcast thank you for your support and thank you for joining me again today. I was doing a little bit of reflection as to what I had posted a year ago on my vision board and the things that I had accomplished or the things that I'm close to accomplishing and the things that have changed and shifted in my life. And so I actually, in looking at this, I... Or in looking at my vision board, it brought me to remembering a guest that we had had on a few weeks ago, Steven Schallenberger. And he, if you remember, he has written a national bestseller, Becoming Your Best, the 12 Principles of Highly Successful Leaders. And so as I was looking at my vision board, you know, for some reason, like that popped into my head. And I really was reflecting back on the interview that I had had with him and the conversations that I'd had with him and how these 12 principles can, you know, lead to a lot of success, not only from a business standpoint, because of course, we're always looking to grow our business and everything, but from a personal standpoint. And though I've read the book, I've never yet taken the time to really dissect the 12 principles. And so, you know, I kind of pulled the book out, and was going through and like I said, instead of reading and I I know I've told you a lot of times I do things on audio when I'm in the car. So a lot of the book that I had covered was, was audio. And so, you know, when you're listening to audio, a lot of times, you know, you're not able to really digest it maybe the way that you normally would if you had that book in hand because you're not jotting down notes, highlighting and everything. And so I actually have a copy that he had sent me and I started to thumb through it and go through it. And in thinking about you know, how I want to approach this new year and some of the goals that I have personally, the goals that I have professionally. And, you know, I thought, you know, I, I really want to look at these 12 principles and see, first of all, where I'm at with them. And then second of all, how can I adopt them a little bit more? And so when I first actually started looking into it, it really is about a blueprint. And he mentions becoming your best blueprint and how to apply these 12 principles. And so the thing that he he speaks of the most or at the very beginning is looking at yourself internally. And in order to achieve excellence, like we need to be in the right culture and we need to have the right support strategies and we need to have the right support system. And so, you know, looking at surrounding ourselves with people and that support us and support us, you know, in whatever our personal and professional goals are, people that are like-minded with us. Now we're going to have people in our lives that are near and dear to us. Or people that we're around that that don't necessarily have, you know, that same drive or even, you know, some of the same values that we have, but yet, you know, we still love them and they're still in our lives. And, you know, it's just a it's a matter of not saying that, you know, you needed to dismiss those people, but definitely coming up with some type of a network for yourself to support you in, you know, whatever your goals are, whether they're health goals that you have, personal goals that you have, relationship goals that you have. Whether they're business goals that you have, you know, not necessarily if you own your own business, but just promotional goals you know, of of working on, you know, moving up, if that's what you choose, or the position that you're in, building that team around you, you know, being the best employee that you can be. And so finding people in our life that understand that, because if you are surrounded by people that don't understand that and understand the way that, you know, that you have drive and that you, you know, want to be focused on things to better yourself, then it's really difficult to achieve that. I'm very, very fortunate, um, you know, to have my partner, to have my husband, you know, be very like-minded with myself and both of us having very, very similar goals and a very similar value system. You know, obviously, you know, we're not 100% aligned or anything, but I I wouldn't expect really, you know, most people to be 100% aligned. But the fact that, you know, I support him and he supports me. And then I know I've spoken, before, but Brian and I also have a coach that is a coach that we meet with every week that helps us through a lot of business decisions that we make, and but also a lot of personal decisions that we make too, and even in our relationship. And so that's another person that I have in my life that is definitely very like-minded. And it took us a while to find that coach that we wanted, but, you know, and having that person every week that keeps us accountable and, like I said, has the same or at least Knows what our values are and knows what kind of our compass is, it definitely helps support me in working towards, you know, whatever my my new vision is going to be for, you know, the start of the year. And and I know I know I've talked about before that, you know, your goals don't need to necessarily start in January. This is just usually when I revisit my vision board, you know, and, and remake my vision board, though I am kind of adjusting things throughout the year, because a lot of times, you know, paths change, things change in our life. And so, you know, we have different outcomes that we want, you know, other than just sticking with everything that we, you know, decide on, so to speak in January. So in looking at, you know, these, going back to looking at some of the principles, like I said, and and dissecting them a little bit, you know, one thing that I think it does involve is just simply, Um, focus. And so Steven Schallenberger actually talks about how he is 12 principles, the whole concept behind it too, is to not be overwhelming. And so the way that this blueprint is set out that he has, which I'm now just kind of taking a deeper dive into, is that it involves simply just focusing on one principle a week. So the thought is, is that there's 12 principles and that you do this for 13 weeks. And then, you know, you repeat the process and you start over to where you are actually going through this, like about four times a year. So the whole cycle of time during the year actually totals like 52 weeks. So you're constantly focusing on this. So the way that that looks is that, like, once you finished going through each of the 12 principles, you spend that, I know I said 13 and not 12. So once you spend, you know, time going through those 12 principles, then you take that 13th week as a time to reflect on um, the lessons that you had learned in the previous 12 weeks, and how and where you yourself have changed. And so I guess, you know, even though I haven't gone through these principles, this week myself, this week has been a reflection week for me. And, you know, if actually you... If maybe you bought this book or maybe you, you know, want to re-listen to the podcast that we had when he was a guest, he actually mentions the website that he has, which is www.becomingyourbest.com. And he has a whole thing on there where, first of all, he's got a planner in there that you can purchase that will kind of take you step by step through this. But he also has something in there where that's completely free. He invites you to like put your, your first name and your email address and then you receive weekly emails. And like I said, there's no charge with this, but it's related to each principle. Now, it might not be the order that you're going in, you know, depending on if you're doing this and, and if you're starting this, but still it's something that, you know, the point of the emails of course is to support you and to support, you know, the blueprint. And so they're meant to help you kind of like establish you know, a bit of culture, you know, within yourself and to help you, you know, make these principles into habits in your own personal life. So I'm actually starting with just the very beginning, part one, and it's called transformational leadership. Now, again, a lot of times I'm using this from, you know, my own personal growth, but it bleeds over into things that um, I'm doing in business as well, because I feel like um, character, actually, you know, is something that is, you know, kind of universal. And, you know, it touches all areas of your life, no matter, you know, if we're talking personal or business. And so just to start with in chapter one, he talks about just character alone. And I really, as I was going through this, I'm like, hmm, okay, like, there's obviously a reason for this, because I know that that all of this is definitely research based. And then as I finished, I was, you know, thinking that I understand why he started this chapter with being true to character. Because if you don't have that strong moral authority within yourself... It's going to be hard to accomplish anything. And so he actually starts off this chapter with a story about a mother that brought her child to visit Mohammed Gandhi and asked him to help her with his son, like to tell, you know, her young boy to stop eating sugar because it wasn't good for him. It wasn't good for his diet. Um, it was bad for his teeth. And so Gandhi replied, you know, I can't tell him that, but you can bring him back in a month. And so, and then he kind of moved on he kind of brushed the mom aside. And, and so the mom was like really angry because she had traveled like some distance and had expected like this mighty leader to support her in in her parenting. But, you know, she... Had little support from him as though as she felt, and and you know, she left for her home, and you know, in thinking, you know, why is it that you want me to come back in a month? So one month later, though, she returned, and not knowing, you know, exactly what to what to expect, just following, obviously, you know, the advice of you know this this leader, and so you know, the great Gandhi took this small child's hand and, you know, placed it in his own and he knelt before him. And then he tenderly said, do not eat sugar, my child, it's not good for you. And then Gandhi embraced the boy and returned him to his mother. And grateful, but obviously very confused, very perplexed, the mother, you know, kind of asked, well, Why didn't you say that like a month ago? Like I had made, you know, all these arrangements. I had traveled so far. Like I asked for your help a month ago. And why was it that you were not able to help me a month ago, but yet now you're able to support me, you know, kind of in, in what my request was or asking in, you know, supporting me as a parent. And he said, well, a month ago, I actually was still eating sugar. And so I actually really liked that story because it's like, how can you ask someone else to stop doing something if you yourself are doing it? And so this was obviously an example of like moral authority that comes from having very strong principles and character. And not that that's always going to be the case, you know, for all of us and everything. But, you know, again, it was just shown that, you know, here one of, you know, a very high leader, you know, Felt that he couldn't give someone else advice or someone a blessing or support someone else if he himself, you know, was still eating sugar or doing that as well. So then in the book, it, it begins to talk about three specific ways in which, like, you can strengthen your own character. And like I said, I understand why we're starting with this foundation because he talks about those three specific ways one being strong in the moment of choice. Two, standing up and speaking out. And three, guarding your character. So then what he does is kind of breaks each one of these things down. And so I'm just doing a little recap here or different things that I had thought about, you know, as I was going through this, because you know i am over the next 13 weeks and plus going to dissect each of these principles for myself and so i just kind of wanted to share that process with you as well if that's something that you're interested in doing too so you know to be strong in the, in a moment of choice so strength of character is demonstrated not just when things are going well but especially when things are going tough and i think that you know we can all attest to that is that you know when things are going mo- are going well and going our way. I mean, it's easy to make decisions. It's when things are a struggle and things are, you know, or where we're presented with things that could cause conflict, and definitely conflict within maybe what our own principles and our own values are. It's when these decisions come up, when these tough ones come up, that that's when we really need to take a step back and look at, you know, are we choosing poorly or are we choosing, you know, in a direction that, you know, supports what our values and our morals are. So I think one of the first things to do is really look at establishing what are those characteristics within ourselves of those morals and our values. And so, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you have that moment of choice and it's like, okay, I can either choose right or I can choose wrong. Well, I always ask myself, well, how do I know it's wrong? Well, first of all, I think we know it's wrong. You know, if we're feeling that pull and we're feeling that tug, that maybe it's not quite in alignment with, you know, what we think and what we feel. And so when we choose right, though, you know, it's asking ourselves, you know, will you and others receive like benefits and positive consequences if you choose, if you choose the right path, if you choose this way? And I think another question to ask ourselves is that, you know, in looking at, you know, when we sometimes make the wrong choice, you know, either realizing that we made the wrong choice and and I've made the wrong choice, you know, hundreds of times. Um, but I think sometimes it's realizing that and then looking to see what can i do to fix it or what can i do to like recapture that moment or that choice because Otherwise, you know, obviously the alternative of it is that, you know, if I made the wrong choice, then me and others are going to suffer, you know, whatever those consequences are. And many times I can think of things where, you know, I have tried to, where I've not maybe made the right choice and I've tried to fix it, especially like in relationships, you know, sometimes I am I'm kind of a hothead. And so, you know, sometimes in relationships, you know, You realize that, you know, maybe you said the wrong thing or you responded the wrong way. And I'm sure you guys have, you know, can think of examples too of just things that I've shared even with parenting. But then also, you know, recapturing that moment of choice or going in and fixing that problem. Otherwise, you know, the alternative, like I said, is you just leave it. And whatever happens, happens, of course. We're not all perfect. And so we're not always going to make the right choice. In fact, many times when, you know, I think of a lot of the wrong choices that I made, you know, I feel like those are moments of growth for me. And so strength of character, you know, obviously that's something that's being developed over time. That's something that, you know, as we're faced with more and more decisions, it's something that you know, helps our principles because our principles are tested, you know, whether it's out in the real world, so to speak, or whether it's, you know, something that's, you know, just kind of within our own relationships and our own family. So as your like integrity, honesty, and really respect for others are being tested a lot of times, You know, just kind of take a step back and think about, you know, refining some of that or, you know, what really is going to make our character stronger. Because when you think about it, like our character... It can't really be totally developed unless we experience, you know, a lot of trial or suffering or, you know, poor decision making and good decision making. That way we, you know, can understand the position of strength within our character. And so over time, we become, you know, a person or somebody that other people can count on because they can trust us. They know that we have integrity. They know that we're dependable and that we have a good moral compass as well. So then his second principle is standing up and speaking out. And I will have to tell you that this is one that I definitely am re-looking at myself because I have a tendency to be very careful about standing up and speaking out. One, for judgment, which is not a sign of confidence, but it is something that I do struggle with. And two is, I think, Maybe it's politeness that sometimes I will just bite my tongue and not say anything because I don't want to hurt someone else's feelings. And so this is one area I, I know that I really need to dissect a little bit more, that I really need to understand a little bit more to understand what does standing up and speaking out mean for me. I think that Brian and I have done a pretty good job of when it really does matter of standing up and speaking out. And knowing when not to stand up um, or speak out, um, or maybe not just stand up, but maybe just to kind of to keep our mouths shut. So obviously, you know, like he says, another measure of strong character is like the willingness to speak up and take a stand for what you believe in, even if it's not the popular choice. And I actually when I was reading part of this. You know, it made me think, I mean, we've had a lot of different situations um, with our own kids in teaching them when to speak up and when, um, you know, not to. And I myself, you know, even, you know, even in my past job and everything have done that. And of course, you know, that with Brian and I owning our own business, I mean, I stand up and speak out all the time because who am I speaking to? I'm speaking to my husband. And so it's very easy for me to stand up and speak out in addition, vice versa with him too. So I don't feel like I'm as tongue tied right now because um we are our own business owners, you know, when it comes to that. But I did feel very much that way. A lot of times when, you know, I was in a previous employment because um, for one, it, I wasn't running the show. And so knowing when to stand up, knowing when to speak out and knowing when to change um, my course, if it was something that I didn't have the same values and alignment with. And so, but in thinking of kids, like um, we've gone through this with all three of our older kids and, you know, it started even, I remember it started even with Brienne at a very young age, you know, of um, fifth grade, sixth grade, I think she was sixth grade actually. And they had just gotten... To be able to like chat with friends, um, you know, through like their computer and stuff like that. And I remember her sharing some bullying that was happening and some things that one of her friends was saying and working with her, which... I- as parents, I think that we've all experienced this: working with your children on how to stand up for themselves, but how to do it appropriately and respectfully as well, instead of just, um, you know, having no filter and letting, you know, words and comments fly off the handle. Because then that doesn't make you any, any better than than the person that's doing it to you. And then I was reminded when I was reading this, it just kind of a story popped in my head or a situation popped in my head. Um, honestly, like just in the last year with our son being away at school. I mean, obviously all we, or a lot of what we have to go on is communication with each other and our verbal communication. And so he had shared with us a story that one of his other teammates, who was a quarterback as well, and, you know, these these boys develop such a brotherhood and such a friendship there that they really, honestly, like, it's absolutely amazing how they have each other's backs. I mean, here are these two boys that honestly, they're competing against each other. They're sharing time on the field. And yet, Just the celebration that they have for each other. Well, his friend came to him to Colt and had told him about how the quarterback coach had actually, you know, confronted him and was just kind of talking to him and just, you know, talked about really how, you know, Colt's size really wasn't going to get him, you know, where, you know, he needed to be, you know, obviously that's, size isn't something that you can control. I mean, you know, he can't control that his mom's short and that he got, you know, obviously a good portion of his mom's jeans, you know, and that he's probably not going to reach six foot. But, you know, here this coach was talking about another player, you know, to another player about, you know, Colt's size and how it really wasn't going to, you know, be any beneficial or be beneficial to him and that, you know, he might as well start putting this younger quarterback in front of him just to kind of see how Colt reacts. And so, you know, a Colt's friend's listening to this, his teammate's listening to this, and he's like, are you kidding me? Like, this coach is actually saying this to me? And so he actually told Colt, and Colt told us. And so, you know, we just encouraged Colt that, you know, to reach out to that coach and develop a relationship with him, you know, a better one maybe than what he had had, and to talk about not his size at all, but to talk about what is it that, you know, he can continue to keep doing in order to, you know, progress, you know, as an athlete, Uh, you know, not mentioning the conversation or anything. So Colt did that, and actually the conversation went fine, but it was very vanilla. And it was the same thing over and over that Colt had heard before in the past. So in other words, it was just kind of like, you kind of know when you're being brushed off. I think we've all felt that way before at times with different things. And so this was definitely that type of a situation. And so, you know, being the, the parents that we are, you know, we kind of knew that this was a time where we actually needed to possibly step in because this did not align with what the head coaches and the structure of the program is set up, you know, interesting. So there's a national team, which is the, so there's the head coach of the national team and he oversees the whole entire football program, you know, and then there's a varsity team, there's a post-grad team, and then there's just an academy as well. And so, you know, we knew, or at least we had a very good understanding of what the character and what the moral and the principles were of the, the head coach, the head coach of the national team, and knew that this was not in alignment with it, especially, you know. All this aside, but especially with the amount of money that we're paying for our son to attend an academy like this, you know, not to say that that, you know, separates it or, you know, you're a prima donna or anything, but there is a level of expectation there as a parent. And that's why you send your child to an academy like that. And also knowing that, you know, you're shipping your children off to uh, a boarding school and you are not there with them. And so these adults, these coaches, these men are really stepping in as father figures, which I've spoken of before. And so Brian just kind of politely asked to set up a, a you know a phone call with that head coach and spoke of what happened. Well, that head coach was very transparent and he very much knew what his morals and values were for not only himself but for his program and was you know, very honest with us. And the fact that as this was not tolerated from any of his coaches, and this coach has actually had been like moved around a couple times to different spots because there had been multiple complaints. So it's not like we were the first one to go, you know, run into Papa, you know, to tattle or anything. And so anyways, it was definitely information that as the leader of the organization needed to know, and honestly, as parents that we needed to share because we entrust you know the we entrust our boys to these coaches and so for the fact of there was a couple different things that were brought up in here that reminded me of this principle in standing up and speaking out was that one we encouraged our son to stand up and speak out to do it in a respectful manner but also his friend who stood up and spoke out and told Colt that there was another coach speak, talking about him, which is not okay to do as as any adult that's working with children, let alone, you know, to another player. And then there was the aspect of, my husband making the call of standing up and speaking out for our child. And then the coach, the head coach in charge of the whole organization, standing up and speaking about and still keeping in alignment with his values and his principles and being very transparent about this is not tolerated from his staff. And so all of those different instances were all things based on a measure of strong character by all four of those men by the friend by colt by my husband and by you know the head coach in meaning that you know they stood up and they spoke out and they took a stand for what they believed in even if maybe it wasn't a popular choice but it was also a reflection of the coach that did speak out because he spoke out in a way that you know was weak character in my opinion and so The character that we use, the character that we portray really determines the quality of our life. I will say that coach is no longer at the academy as well. And so by the actions that we take, whether it's a good decision or a poor decision, the decisions that we make are the lives that we create. And so, you know, I think that's where, you know, this part, this gave me a different perspective on really the strength of character that's developed, you know, in regards to speaking out and keeping with our integrity and our honesty and and respect for others because it's tested time and time again so that third pillar of strength that he speaks of is guarding your character in other words being true to yourself you know will help you develop that great character and so in theory, like, of course, yeah, this is really easy to do. I'm going to be true to myself. But really, you know, it's tough given the reality of like different temptations, peer pressures, different things that we encounter, you know, every day on our daily life. And that can hit on anything that can hit on things professionally that can hit on things like in our own personal health habits, you know, as far as like peer pressure of, you know, say we have these goals for ourselves in order to like stay strict with our diet or, you know, or do these things that we want to do because we know that it's healthy, but then we're at parties. And so, you know, that social, that peer pressure, you know, all of those things play in, you know, I mean, we watch our teens go through with this a lot, definitely when it comes to temptations and peer pressures that they encounter um, every day. And so, you know, in good times, it's easy to say that, you know, we're going to be true to our principles and we're gonna you know stay strong and like keep our values but you know really it's when you know our challenging times come out that's when our true character comes out and so I think it's really telling that within this chapter to start with the foundation of really what that means from us and you know like I said none of us are perfect so you know of course it's like learning from our mistakes we're going to make mistakes or we have made mistakes in the past nobody is perfect and so sometimes you know that's when we learn the best is we learn you know kind of the hard way I mean shoot I know I have multiple times in my life and so you know there's as I've gotten older and I've reflected back on, you know, those mistakes that I've made and those things that, you know, I had maybe had done that really wasn't constantly being, you know, true to myself, you know, I really look and think about, you know, there's time that I really welcome that because if I had not gone through some of those hard times or if I had not made some of those decisions that I made, then it wouldn't have helped me develop and continue to grow into those. That character that I have, um, now today and I'm still growing and I'm still learning and especially as a parent, as my kids go through different stages in their life and how I'm going to react to things. Um, especially in business as, as we're learning and going through different things, you know, I mean, there's been times where we've had to let employees go and have tough conversations with employees. And those are really difficult things to do because you're constantly asking yourself, is this, is this the right thing? Am I approaching this the right way? I mean, you know, I guess we always kind of, Brian and I, you know, always look at trying to approach things with like kindness and love, but knowing that we are also running a business and that there has to be a level of expectation and production there, um, in order to, you know, make our, our business, um, thrive and survive. And so, so looking at these three keys, like to open up my life, um, for success and fulfillment, I'm really actually glad that it started with this about, you know, being strong in like a moment of choice, standing up and speaking out and guarding your character, because these three qualities are literally like pillars of strength, you know, within our own life, within our relationships, within organizations that we have. And so some things that, you know, um, I've asked myself is why is my character important in my life? And so that was one question that I had started with and started jotting down things to kind of get a compass of what really is my driving force, what are my core values, what are my principles. And then another thing is, you know, when I'm faced with a moment of choice, I need to do the right thing and I need to do the best thing, and sometimes that's not always the easiest thing to do. Like I had said you know there Brian and I have been faced with with having uh, to let go employees at times and um that's definitely a very difficult thing to do and so even though it's very hard for Brian and I because you know we look at our employees as like an extension of our family it really was the right thing to do and the best thing for both people overall because if they weren't performing the way that they need to then obviously they weren't Truly fulfilled and truly happy, and so you know it really. Sometimes having those discussions and and having people go their separate ways is you know the even though it's difficult, it's the best way of growth for both people. And then another thing that you know, as far as action steps for myself is keeping my word, so doing what I say I'm going to do, and that is going to help me. Well, that's going to make me more dependable, and it's going to give that reflection in others' eyes as well. So if I keep my word and say what I'm going to do, then it's going to develop a level of trust in the relationships that I have with people. And then one of the last things is that if I'm not sure about a decision that I have to make personally or professionally, then there's a question that I'm going to ask myself. And that question is, will it make me proud? So if I'm not sure about a decision, I'm going to ask myself, will this make me proud? Will it make me feel good if someone else knew about this? Or like, what would, think of an important person in your life, like what would so-and-so think about me if they knew this about me? And so I think those are good you know, things to kind of gauge ourselves with. And parents, if you have teenagers, I think that those are great questions as well. I mean, those are things that, you know, I've spoken about with my kids is that, and I always kind of use grandma and grandpa with this situation, but, you know, I do, <laughs> I have said to them, you know, in their kind of young formative years, when we're talking about peer pressure and decision-making, is it really, what would grandma or grandpa think of you if they actually found out what you were doing? And so I think that's a good gauge sometimes, you know, as far as a little, parenting tip there to use with your kids because it makes a difference. Because someone that they love and they they respect, people that we love and respect, I think it definitely can help us in order to know if, you know, we're kind of on the right path or not. So, You know, I had just gotten through chapter one, but again, I was doing reflection this week on my vision board and, you know, this book just kind of popped back into my head and I thought, you know what, I really need to revisit that. And I'm so glad that I did because I feel like it's going to help me set up myself for these next couple of weeks as I'm looking at revamping my vision board and, um, you know, re-looking at my goals in my relationships, in my own personal health, in my own personal life, and um, also, in In my business as well. So by dissecting these three things, you know, being strong in that moment and standing up and speaking out and, you know, looking, you know, at our character as well. Hopefully, you know, this has kind of given you an idea or a thought to reflect on yourself as we're approaching the weeks coming up to New Year's in looking at, you know, maybe some things that you want to challenge yourself with and, you know, make changes and continue on like that path of greatness that you've already established for yourself too. So I'm excited to get into the next couple chapters and to share that with you and to share my progress with you as well as far as, you know, working on, you know, becoming the best version of myself. So have a beautiful week. Thank you again for joining me. And I know many of you are busy and and getting things ready for, you know, the holiday here coming up. Make sure that you're taking time to decompress and to, you know, step back when things are a little bit stressful, make time for yourself, give yourself some quiet moments or meditation, time to read and time to reflect. I love you all and we will talk to you next week. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Six Pack. I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard today. Please share this episode with a friend and if you haven't already, click subscribe. Rate and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Have a beautiful week. And tell the important people in your life just how much you care about them. Much love and blessings to you all.